On today's show, we discuss how investing in craft, specific education, leads to success, removing mental and societal pressures to give yourself space to grow, and how one financial advisor took his skills learned from greats like Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and went from half a million dollars in debt to the professional you see today. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Our verse today comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Before we bring on our next guest, I want to make sure that I set the stage. The finance industry is a cruel and unusual place. As with anything in life, there are ebbs and flows, ups and downs, victories and losses. But is what we do after these losses that are important. Thomas Edison speaks of his thousand failures, not as failures, but 1,000 ways not to create a light bulb. So as you listen to today's guest, I need you to drop down your skepticism. He's going to give you the reality of the situation. He could simply give you all the good times, but he wants to tell you the full story so you can learn. He wants the words he speaks to benefit you who listen. So let's go into prayer. Father God, please open up the heavens and look down on this conversation. May those who have ears hear your message and internalize the good that comes out of it. We're all striving for a better life, but it is you who forgives. He is the one who humbles and you are the one that exalts. We pray that someone out there receives value from the conversation and the spark changes that will make the world a better place. In your name, we pray. Amen. With no further ado, our next guest help small businesses owners to improve their financial situation and grow their wealth, teaching them how to make more money, but especially how to keep more money and make it grow for them. He's the money teacher and he is the founder of the Money Hero Academy, where he's teaching you how to create financial freedom by improving your money mindset, money management, and money making skills. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Florian Fritz. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me and this beautiful introduction. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Our introductions are starting to be a little bit epic, a little bit famous. The, the idea is that they're as good as the guest. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm honored, deeply honored. Well, 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 thank you. I think that you have a very unique story. One of the criteria for me inviting guests on, a lot of people think, okay, well, you have to be successful. You have to own this $250 million per year business and, and everything else like that. And that's not the purpose of this platform. This platform is not to highlight those who are already highlighted, right? The idea here is that we want to bring on individuals that are successful in their business, 
but then also strong in their faith. And we believe faith comes from a mindset as well. It's not necessarily just how many scriptures they can remember. It's not about how many times they go to church. To us, it's really about the foundation of the person, you know, who they are internally. And I think that you have a very unique story. I think you have a story that will motivate a lot of people to say, hmm, maybe my situation isn't that bad. I didn't go down that far down the rabbit hole, but I know there's a way out. And if I can just get out to be where he's at, I think we'll do this podcast and uh, everyone listening justice. That's exactly why I talk about my story and don't just say, yeah, I'm a money teacher. I've been in 18 years in the financial industry because I want to show people that tell me or, or that think for my situation, it's impossible. You can't get wealthy or financially free from my situation. Mm -hmm. And I say everyone can, wherever you're at, it's right. still possible. It might take a little longer or a little shorter, but it's possible for everyone. I think my, my story is a good example to, to show that. I think so too. And I think one of the, the big topics I like about your story is, you know, allowing yourself some space to grow. The societal pressure, uh, I talk about this on uh, some other episodes, but people tricking you out of your 20s and out of your 30s. And what does that mean? When you're out of college, everybody's getting their job, you know, they get their bonuses and they're just they're, they're getting their first paycheck. And you think that you're behind because your friend just got a six figure job or maybe he got 60 or $70,000 with a bonus. You feel like you're behind. And in actuality, you're not, you know, just starting out that young is is very good. You know, even thinking about your finances at that point. And I think we, we, we go through life disappointed, 20, 25, 30, 35, not knowing we're wasting 10 years of our lives that we could have been growing, could have been getting better if we didn't just mope about the time that maybe we lost. Yeah, comparing us ourselves with others, like your, why compare your chapter one with somebody else's chapter 11? Right. Um, doesn't make any sense, just makes you feel bad and lose your faith in yourself that doesn't make any sense so yeah if you start in your 20s or even your 30s to take care of your finances think about it learn about it then you'll be 10 20 years later you'll be way ahead of everyone else now can you tell us a little bit about your story as far as what do you do to kind of give yourself some space and allow yourself to grow and, and blossom into to what we see today Sure. Let me start how I how I actually got there to 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 let me do this. Sure. Uh, I started in uh, 2003 as a financial advisor, working, and that was not my 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 goal. That was not my dream job. It just happened because I finished university in at the end of the dot com bubble. There were not a lot of jobs there for somebody who studied business administration and uh, more in like direction of marketing and and not just controlling and and saving money but spending money in direction. Right. <laughs> wanted to spend more money. So there were not a lot of jobs. So the first thing I did was travel around the world for half a year, which was still one of the best things I ever did. And when I came back, still not that many jobs in there. How that's how I got into financial advisory company, the largest one in the German speaking area at that time. And we had a good time. I learned a lot. We had a good team. We had fun and I made good money. There you go. But I also made one one big mistake that I teach my clients not to do, which was spending all the money that I made. Mm. That's a very important thing. I, I did that well. We yeah. We, yeah. We talk own. about that, right? We talk about wealth all the time. I just got off with Brock Getz and, and we talk about wealth to be wealthy. There's two ways to be wealthy. You can either get everything that you want, or you can want everything that you have. And that is, is very powerful. But when you're spending everything that you're bringing in, you're living paycheck to paycheck, no matter how big that paycheck is. 
the concept of paycheck to paycheck is the same regardless of how much is <laughs> how much you're making. Just in that job, I didn't really know how big the next paycheck was going to be because right. every month I have to create that paycheck again, right? Yeah, it was yeah. stuff as well so that was that was an interesting concept uh but in the uh the next crisis you know subprime crisis 2008 that's when i i already while i was working there in those six years i found that there were lots of products that i didn't really like mm. that were very expensive uh, high fees for the client and not that great returns in the crisis and we saw that the clients really take all the risk they pay all the fees and the bank's investment companies still make all the money. Right. And I didn't like that. So I wanted to change something. I thought I need uh, some strategy how I can really help people. They build their wealth, whether the markets are going up, down, sideways, crazy, or whatever. My director uh, at the company, where I uh, used to be a financial advisor, he directed me towards uh, personal development. Mm. We, ha we had a bet uh, one month if I would make, I don't know, this many appointments or this, I, I don't know exactly what the bet was about. Uh, then he would pay um, Unleash the Power Within program for me with Tony Robbins. Oh, there you go. So he was the one actually who set me up on the path of financial education or uh, personal development. And he also recommended a couple of good books. Uh, one of Which them one? was still one of my favorites by T. Harv Ecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. That well, got me to his Millionaire Mind uh, intensive seminar. And from there, I started traveling the world from Singapore to uh, Phoenix, from Johannesburg, South Africa to London, so all over the world to train with some of the best trainers uh, like Robert Kiyosaki and his Rich Dad Advisors, Tony Robbins, T.R. Ecker, and many others. Yeah, but so, so, obviously, so. since I spent all the money that I had made, <laughs> I needed <laughs> stores. And so before I could start that uh, education journey, I started working with a real estate company, a, a colleague from university had uh, taken over the real estate company of his parents and they wanted to grow and they asked me if I could help them establish a financial product to find investors for them. I'm going to take a one step back. I didn't want to stop your story, but so what was one of the biggest things that you learned traveling? So you, you traveled all over the world, right? You went to all these personal development gurus here. What was the, the biggest takeaway that you learned? Wow. The biggest learning from all that, this what might be the most important thing. I'll, I'll let you off the hook. What's the second most important thing? <laughs> easier. Thank That's you a little that. easier. That's easier than the, 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 you know, the number one thing. It's yeah, actually, but it's it's keep working on yourself. Kiyosaki says why he's much more successful than uh, you are if you ask him is because he's worked so much on his little voices, on mm. on his inner voices that that hold him back. Everyone has those little voices, right? And the better you get at managing them, these things that tell you you're not good enough, you're too old, you're too young, you're not pretty enough, you're too male, you're too female, mm. you're too whatever. As the better you get at managing these little voices, the more success you'll create. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is I, I read a lot of philosophy. I think about Nietzsche and how he talks about the shadow self and and going deep inside yourself. And it's, it's funny, the, the, the more you learn about yourself and, and your, your quote unquote demons and, and things of that nature, um, the more appear. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, but it seems like the more you overcome, the more you hear, but you become aware of them. And sometimes we don't understand why we have anxiety. Sometimes we don't understand why we have depression. But when you educate yourself in self-improvement and listening to those voices, you start to realize and, and, and recognize some of those small voices that occur that turn into loud voices later on. 
it's that negative affirmation that you may say in the mirror, like, ah, I don't think I'm cute enough. Like you said, I don't think I'm strong enough or I'm too old. Those things manifest in other behaviors that maybe you cannot associate with because they're so far apart, right? They say that proximity changes perception. So if, if you say these negative affirmations, something happened immediately, maybe you will know to change something. But because the distance between when you say these negative things and the outcome are so far away, you, you, you disassociate them. We talked about healthy eating as well. You know, when you eat that, that hamburger or, you know, that stuff that's not good for you, the outcome doesn't happen for, until another two or three weeks, right? <laughs> you don't gain that weight instantly. You don't eat the hamburger and gain the weight. It takes, it's a process. I think same thing with success. Small processes of positive affirmations can build up a good foundation for growth and self-education. Yeah, absolutely. So that's probably the biggest thing that, uh, yeah, looking at yourself, knowing yourself better and keep managing those little voices that you have. Because as you say, our results that we get, whether it's in health or in finance or in whatever else, are determined by our behavior, what we do. So, so you travel the world, you, you talk to all these gurus, and, and now you're at this new company. You, you recognize that maybe these projects that are structured are not in the best interest of the consumer. And you're going to this real estate company to kind of maybe make some changes or some things are happening in your life. Can you, can you tell us what that was like? That real estate company, we started uh, creating that product. I started looking investors for them. And then I spent the money to, to do the journey we just talked about. And I tested what I learned I tested in that company and it was pretty successful. I grew their sales by 86% on average a year for nine years. So they uh, they grew from a couple of hundred thousand to over 45 million in in real estate portfolio. And during that time, that was very successful until they said- uh, I think at any time, I think any time that's successful. It is. even if it took longer, I would be still be good. Yeah. A quick question. What What do you think was the the catalyst for such growth year over year? Was it the Was it the environment? Was it the economy recovering? Uh, was it maybe some of the strategies you implemented from you know some of the self help um, seminars you've attended? What do you think was the catalyst for such growth year over year for nearly a decade? Um, it was not the economy because the, the, there was good and bad times during that time for, for real estate investing mm-hmm. uh, here in Austria. So, and we, we still grew every year. It was definitely uh, me getting better at, at being myself and implementing some, some strategies that were uh, hugely successful. One example, I did a, a train the trainer program, uh, how, to, how to teach and present and get energy into a group and sell from the stage. And we had a yearly uh, me- um, investors meeting for six years where they presented what they were doing with the investors' money. And we always invited some uh, prospects to Every time after the meeting, people told, the investors told us, yeah, we're so happy that our money is safe with you and you're doing an amazing job, but nobody ever invested a single dollar extra after these meetings. So after I came from from the training, I said, let me try something different in, in the next meeting next month and I'll do the introduction. Then you do your part where you talk about what you're doing with the properties and then I'll do a sales part. Just let, let's do one thing so to give people an incentive to invest on that day right there. Let's give them half a percent more if they do it that day. And they said, well, half a percent. Okay, we can do that because no, it's not going to make a difference anyway. Nobody's going to uh, invest because of that. I said, okay, let's try that. On that day, on the presentation, we had 57 people in the room. 
20 signed a contract in the end. Wow. <laughs> investing 420,000 euros, which was 10,000 commission for me in 15 minutes work. So to my listeners, I, I don't want them to get confused by these big numbers. That commission, that $10,000 commission, remember, he's already traveled the world, Singapore. He's been to Phoenix. He's been to Johannesburg, South Africa. He spent thousands and thousands of dollars to, to speak with some of these people who have decades and decades of experience with human behavior, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, um, a lot of different elements go into that presentation. So um, I just don't want to confuse my listeners to think they'll get on stage, offer half a percent off of uh, <laughs> whatever they're offering and get the results that Absolutely. Florian's getting. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, that, um, of course, I, I hadn't, by now I have spent way over $100,000 on, on yes. education. Yes. And we call that, that return, time, return on investment. That's your return. That was part of your return on investment. That was part, but it was pretty early at that stage. It was one of my first programs that I had done. Right. Uh, so I ha at that moment, I had spent $10,000 about. So I made about the money back that I had invested so far in those yeah. 15 minutes. Right. But the feedback was from a couple of people who didn't buy on that day. A couple of people said, ah, it was very salesy this time. Mm. And that, okay, I don't, I don't really care because it worked. <laughs> <laughs> a year later, after I had gone through more training and uh, did the same thing again, we had similar results because there were similar people in the room with similar amounts of money in their pockets. But the feedback was totally different. People said, this was amazing and so inspiring and so authentic compared to I was here last year as well. And thank you so much for the information you gave us. I just did 20 minutes instead of uh, 15. I had uh, added a little emotional story and a little teaching. And that was it. So it was just a few tiny little changes that how I had learned to present it better. And now people were happy of being sold and nobody complained about being salesy anymore. Yeah, we talk about that too on our show. I had, like I said before, we had Brock Getz. We talked about she doesn't do any marketing. Uh, we have Bill Jensen. He doesn't do any marketing as well. I come from a sales background. But what I've learned is that the more you learn about sales, the less you sell. Um, yes. The idea here is that a lot of people think of slime balls, like people who have a product and they're trying to match it with somebody who doesn't is not a good match. Right. So they're trying to force you. They're trying to convince you to buy something that you don't need. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I learned about sales is really about matching the product with the person who needs it, saying, listen, these are your needs. This will fulfill your needs. And let me put those together. And we get compensated for putting those together. I give the example for Google. If you have a problem, everybody loves Google, right? People love Apple because they you have a problem and they usually solve it. So they get a commission off of, of what you're doing. So, you know, I don't think sales is a bad word, but what I do think is that if you're able to serve your clients and give them options, they'll buy. And like you said, it's, it's less salesy because you really touch the, the hearts of people, right? Of who they were, um, what the product did, you know, how it affected them, how it was going to change their life. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. And that's what same thing with our podcast. You know, we deal with Christian professionals because we can relate to them. Right. We're not trying to sell any and everybody. We're not trying to sell anybody who comes in and try to convince them this is the way to go. We try to present a great product. We try to make sure that we provide valuable information and people want to pay for that. Right. You you would pay for good information, wouldn't you? I've paid lots. Uh, yes. For <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And I still am. <laughs> so let's continue the story. So so what happened after the real estate 
Uh, yeah, company. so while I was working there at the real estate company, I had set that up after after a year or two or after two years, it was running pretty well without me doing too much work. I had started working with um, uh, financial advisors who brought their clients. Uh, we had set up the um, advertising system on Google Ads that worked pretty well. I, we had a second a partner for me who was taking care of many of the financial advisors. So it was basically working about 10 hours a week. <laughs> Hey, that's nice. For and made ten to twelve thousand a month, so that was pretty good. And I'm, I want to touch on this. I don't mean to cut you off here. Systems mm -hmm. building a system and a workflow that works for you—it's a great work-life balance. I think my listeners need to hear that as well. Is that you set up a system where you're only working ten hours a week, but I'm sure those ten hours that you did work a week were dedicated to improving that system, making sure everything is still flowing. Correct? Absolutely. Yes, they were dedicated to talking to people to fulfilling that and checking is, is the system okay? Uh, what can we do better? Yes. Those two things. I had a lot of time now, right? Yes, you have a lot of time. And in that time, started a new company in solar energy. The interesting thing about that, why I joined was this guy had a sales pitch for the solar energy uh, plants for family houses that wasn't selling a technical thing, but actually like it was selling it like an investment. I was pretty good at that. That's how I got into, into that area and that business. But this partner was not a good choice. Oh no. Because then, because it was a side business and it was basically his ideas, I didn't take care of it enough, didn't get out of it on time. Suddenly he bankrupted the company and I was sitting there with $500,000 in debt. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, Florian, I do want to continue this conversation, but we have to take a quick break here. We're going to take a quick break here and we are going to be back with more from our special guest, Florian Fritz. If you're struggling with your finances and looking for an advisor that shares your faith and not just your zip code, uh, be sure to schedule your free consultation at www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash consultation. Um, if you love the podcast, uh, we are sure you'll also love our faith and finance blog that releases new posts every Tuesday and Thursday, where you can find more articles on faith, finances, and how to avoid some of those financial pitfalls so you can retire and stay retired happily ever after. Just go to our website, click on Christian Media, and you'll have access to all the resources we provide for Christian investors like you for free. Um, before we get back to the show, let me just say, make sure you also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube. Just Google AB Ridgeway Wealth Management or check the description below and all links will be provided. Um, keep checking back because our merchandise store is coming soon. Welcome back. We are still here with our special guest, Florian Fritz, and we discussed his background. We spoke about allowing ourselves space to grow. Um, realizing we are not perfect and we all have our vices and the importance of investing in yourself. And, and I kind of want to shift gears for a minute because I kind of want to tap into the mindset of being down $500,000. And what did you do to overcome that? For me, gratitude has been one of the biggest influences. For me. And, and it says in Psalms chapter nine, verse one, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. So whether I am up or down, I am still giving thanks. So can you tell us what that was like overcoming a half a million dollars in debt to, to keep going and to keep pushing? What mindset did you have to have? 
Yeah, exactly what you just said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I wouldn't know what would have happened if if I hadn't done all this personal development, the other journeys, and talking to those gurus before. Uh, I've talked to so many people, and when I told them the story, while I was deeper in it than than, than now, and everybody, how can you be so positive in that situation? And exactly what I was doing every morning, I'm still doing it. Every morning, I'm sitting down and writing down at least 10 things I'm grateful for. Awesome. If you focus on what you're grateful for, I still have a house I can live in. I still have good, great food. Well, I like to cook, so that makes it cheaper, the good food. <laughs> <laughs> right. But still, I have everything I need. I still even went on vacation. Okay, the vacations maybe were cheaper than before, but... I didn't really miss anything big in my life. It just was a little harder to organize. Uh, so I had still lots of things I could be grateful for. Now, a lot of people kind of cringe at making a plan. And, and I, I hear feedback all the time. You know, AB, you're a financial advisor. You make plans all the time. It's easy for you. But for us, it's not, it's not easy. But you have a way to establish a plan that may be easy for the listeners. And can you explain how you create plans and how you use plans? First, there's, I have the Money Hero Dream Roadmap, which is a 12-step plan on how to create your financial freedom. That creates your overall plan. Like, what do you actually want? Most people don't get what they want because they don't know what it is that they want. So start there. Start with what do you actually want? And then start, uh, start where you are. Find, find out where you are. What's the first step? If you want to lose weight, what's the first step you should take? Right. You should step on a scale and check where you are right now. So you can compare if you have some progress. That's the same thing in finances. Make your financial statement, know where you are financially. And then you know where you are, you know where you want to go. And then it's already a lot easier to actually make a plan. Okay, how, how, what could the first step be? What are some money mistakes that people make? This, this gives maybe one or two, you know, worst money mistakes people may make and, and how can they avoid them? Yeah, the worst money mistake is, well, is spending more than you earn. <laughs> so the easiest money tip is spend less than you earn and invest the difference. If you just follow this one, spend less than you earn and invest the difference. And if you do that for years and years and years, you'll be way ahead. You'll be wealthy. Managing money is an art. You have to be in it. You have to learn it. You have to spend time around it. Secret agents, for them to recognize counterfeit bills, do you know what they do? they have them play with real money. You deal with real money so much, you can actually feel the fake things very quickly. So the same thing with money, when you're around it and you're just picking up these tidbits, you're listening to financial advisors say the darndest things, you know, you're going to Florian and you're getting financial help. It's going to grow where you're going to start getting better and better and better acquainted with the information and with money. Uh, Benjamin Franklin said the uh, investment in yourself pays the highest interest. Yes. It does. It definitely. And if I hadn't spent the money I made on my education, then I would have lost it in the bankruptcy, right? It would have gone directly to someone else, yes. but they can't take away what I learned. You said Robert Kiyosaki taught you about teaching, taking your talents and teaching them. You have something that you want to share with everybody as far as teaching about investing in money management. I want to give you a chance to talk about that. Yes, uh, Kiyosaki, but especially his uh, friend and rich dad advisor, Blair Singer. He's my mentor when it comes to training. And he's the reason why I actually thought, hey, I could actually teach this instead of just selling products. And that's how I got into what I'm doing now the, and founding the Money Hero Academy. And what I'm teaching in the academy are the three pillars of financial success or 
Today, I like to call them three superpowers of the money hero, which are your money mindset, your money management, and your money making skills. Now, why is money mindset so important? As we said before, like our behavior determines our results. Now, our, but our behavior is determined by our mindset. Yes. If you think you have to work hard for money, what are you probably going to do? You're probably going to work hard. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. In your experience, are all those hardworking people rich? No. No, they're not. Most of them are broke. Yeah. So there's something wrong with this belief, but we still believe it. We still follow it and we still teach it to our kids. Right. And if you want better results, you're going to change something. There's lots of these beliefs that we were conditioned to, to have, like money doesn't grow on trees and it's the root of all evil and all right. these things that are unsupportive that actually keep you from making money. Yeah. People ask me, you know, can you describe your dream job? And the response is, I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't dream about doing labor. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Why would you dream about that? <laughs> yeah. I'm not dreaming about how to work harder. Yes. Uh, step two, the money management. We've talked about that. Uh, the biggest difference between financial success and failure is how well you deal with your money. Yes. Uh, rich people are good with money. And like I read a statistics, 33% of all millionaires never earned more than a hundred thousand a year. So you don't have to have an amazing income uh, earning millions. You can be a millionaire even if with an, with a good average income. Yeah, I think so too. Can, can I, uh, I want to touch on that subject too. Um, a lot of my clients, as you said before, they want to be millionaires, but I, I kind of equate being a millionaire with a landmark. So you know how we have mile markers or kilometer markers or whatever it may be, regardless if you walk, regardless if you ride a bike or whether you drive a car, as long as you keep moving, you will hit that mark. And the same thing with being a millionaire or having tens of millions of dollars or whatever it may be. If you just keep going, you're going to eventually hit that mark. It doesn't have to be overnight. It doesn't have to be the lottery. It doesn't have to be one year in return. If you just keep walking, you're going to cover that distance. I'll, I'll tell you another story. I was, I was training for a marathon and I do a little bit of running and you'll be surprised of how many miles you will rack up. I have one of the trackers, like a Fitbit watch and some of them have Garmin's. But, you know, you're walking, it's like, wow, I covered 40 miles, you know, this week, or oh, I covered 50 miles this week. And you're just surprised because it's almost effortless. And what it was is it's just consistently walking and progressing. You know, every step matters. The day that you think a step doesn't matter is the day you're going backwards. One step after the other, and you'll be surprised how much you can do in a couple of years. Well, you, you talk about the, the three, can you tell the listeners where they can actually find you? Cause I know a lot of them are listening like, okay, this, this sounds great. I, I love the, the money heroes guy. He, he's talked to us about money management. He's given us some of the worst mistakes people can make. He's given us some of the golden rules for, for making money and um, how to get out of debt. Like, I really want to talk to this individual. I want to learn more. How can they reach out to you to learn more from you? Well, uh, the easy one to get a lot of, lots of free value is to join my Facebook group which is called Money Hero, obviously. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Money Hero. Uh, if you join the group, you'll get lots of free tips, techniques, and I can ask questions. So that's one way. And the second one, I would love to actually invite people to, I do a free seven-day attracting money challenge where we work on money mindset and turn you help you turn yourself into a money magnet. Totally free. Everyone can join. You can find that at moneyheroacademy.com slash AMC, short for Attracting Money Challenge. 
you can sign up there and you're invited to work on your money mindset. And we have some great results from people who, who joined that. And if you are listening, maybe in your car or maybe you're working out, or we're going to have these links in the description below. So wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, also on our YouTube, uh, we're going to have it in the description below. So make sure that you check below there to, to get access to all these great links. Well, well, Florian, we're about the end of the show. One thing that you want to tell the listeners before you go. Well, the one thing is take care of your money. There is no one else in this world who is as interested as you to make you wealthy, rich, financially free. So you have to do it for yourself. If you don't take care of your money, if you leave it to other people, it's not going to happen. I, I totally agree. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Um, we learned a lot from you as far as money management is concerned, overcoming uh, large debt, staying focused, changing your mindset to be positive and to, to grow in your faith and in your finances. And, and also just, just being a, a great person who's well-traveled and is willing to roll with the punches. Because like I said, in life, there's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows, a lot of ups and downs. Keep fighting, keep growing. And for all my listeners, go join that Facebook group. Go listen to what he has to say, because I think it's going to be very valuable. Things are not going to change overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take for you to digest some of these ideas, because obviously as a financial advisor, I understand a lot that's going on here. You know what he's saying and what he's doing. But you as the listener, I want to encourage you to take more and more information. Learn. He, our guest today spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to give you the information. You know, these these bits of information that are going to help you grow into a better person. God wants you to be rich. Yes. God wants you to be rich because that's how you can enjoy his creation. That's how you can help more other people and do more good things. So don't think if everyone tells you you're a better person, if you're poor, God wants you to be rich. Yes. I 100% agree with that one. Um, the reason is, is that if you don't have any resources to help anybody else, what do you, how can you help? Right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, you know, not having the assets that you believe that you should have. But at the end of the day, it's OK to use your talents and your skills, your God given skills to acquire wealth and distribute it amongst his children. That's perfect. I love that point. So as for my loyal listeners, thank you for tuning in. As always, check out our social media as we will be posting clips and other key takeaways during the following weeks, just in case there was something that you missed. Um, be sure to sign up for our free newsletter where you will get free Christian finance resources, notifications of future guests, and tips on how you can be rich and righteous. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686. Or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah One Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. 
Nothing on podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.